It's official. One Shining Podcast is back, and I am your host, Tate Frazier. And as March Madness begins, we're covering everything from Selection Sunday all the way to the championship and beyond. We're going to have great guests that are coming through on the show. And look, if you're a friend of the program and you're already subscribed, you don't have to do anything. OSP is back. It's going to be right back in your feed. And if you're not a friend of the program and this is your first time on the rodeo, then let me tell you this. You need to go to Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts and smash subscribe today because the OSP show is back. It's the Full Go presented by FanDuel. The playoff action is heating up, and with FanDuel, you can bet on everything from the NBA Finals MVP to who's going to lift the Stanley Cup. And right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub. Filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays, or SGPs as the kids like to call them, all on one page. Plus, start betting on the pulse and get paid instantly when you win. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus, 18 plus in D.C. and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by Thomas's. Thomas's presents Pondering the Bagel with Tom. Oh, the paradox of the bagel. Tis crunchy yet soft. Tis filling yet has a hole. Tis a vehicle for spreads, but only travels from toaster to plate. Thomas's. Huzzah! A toast to breakfast. Chicago everywhere. Check it. It's not enough Chicago. We just don't have enough Chicago people. Jesse Goff is here. Well, I'm at Full Go. The Full Go Podcast. The Full Go. Bears, Bulls, White Sox, Cubs, and Blackhawks. Our man, Jason Goff. Three times a week with Jason Goff. His mood is elevated. <laughs> he is feeling good. Jason, I'm loving the Full Go. Love the Full Go. The Full Go. The Full Go. Welcome to Full Go with Jason Goff. That is what I'm talking about. What up, world? You're listening to The Full Go with Jason Goff, presented by The Ringer, a Spotify original. Yeah. Yeah, when we was testing this thing out, Sarudi, I had it all the way in the corner over here. Sarudi was like, uh, you got kind of a dark side of the moon thing going on. <laughs> I was like, oh, first email to HR. <laughs> there it is. Thank you, Sarudi, for employing me for another two seasons. <laughs> Oh, shit. What episode is this, Tony? This is going to be one of them ones, boy. <laughs> yeah, this is going to be one of them ones. We might have to bleep out a few things, you know. You're going to have to take your... <laughs> I don't want to say nigga in front of white people voice off. This is going to be one of them ones, Tony. This is going to be one of them ones tonight, baby. Yeah, 221? We got a lot to talk about. 221? Is that what we had already? Man. Man, 221. Yeah, where'd the time go? All right, welcome into episode 221 of the Full Go Podcast. I'm Jason Goff. I'm the host of this thing. And of course, we are brought to you by The Ringer. Spotify is the gang. People have been asking me, is Spotify no longer the gang? They still the gang. They still the gang. I just stopped saying it. Um, shout out to everybody out there. Hope everybody had a great weekend as we sit here on Sunday night watching some uh, 
NCAA tournament buckets that I'm sure we will get into with our guys. Uh-oh, see? Look at that. As soon as I said something about NCAA tournament basketball, shit fell apart in here. That's pretty much how it goes. Uh, you heard the voice already of one Tony Gill, my main man, Tony Gill. Sunday, Tony is out. You know, he's got his, his white socks sweatshirt on. He's got the chain Back. out. You know, hey, he, he rock it anywhere. And, of course, the pinky ring king. Rob Schaefer, ladies and gentlemen. I started rocking the pinky ring these last few weeks, by the way, because of my man Rob Schaefer. I was thinking about it, and I said, you know what? Let me go ahead and purchase one of these joints because my man Rob brought it to the forefront uh, in his past employment life, by the way. Uh, <laughs> Rob, always good to see you. Maybe that's what it was. <laughs> Rob Rob took his black yeah. ass on TV with a pinky ring, and it's like, you know what? <laughs> we thought we had a different guy. We thought we had a different guy. Rob, how you doing this evening, brother? That's too good. I'm great, man. I've been enjoying the festival of missed shots this weekend. Yeah, I've, I've, uh, uh, I saw in the group chat that, that Tony has uh, made for the three of us. Yeah, I saw that you've been enjoying just this. To in, just to instigate you. He just, he knew he was going to come I in know, with some college basketball takes and he was poking know. the bear, which, which, which I appreciated. Tony is the Patrick Beverly of every podcast, not just this one, <laughs> of every podcast, and I appreciate him for that. Sometimes he lifts the spirits. Sometimes he damages organizations and, and leaves them in their wake. Either way it goes, he is our guy. Um, so, yeah, we could, we could start on this if y'all want to or else we can move on because I got a bunch of stuff I want to run past both you gentlemen's way tonight um you guys really really love basketball and I and I love that for you like I, I appreciate that you know I love basketball that you know it's, it's it's my favorite thing to watch it's my favorite thing to consume it's my favorite way to learn about people there's nothing like getting on a full court and and not knowing any of the other nine participants and finding out in about 11 or 12 points who is what, how, who was raised, who's tough enough, who's selfish. You know, like, hey, man, you see a lot of insufficient daddy in out here on these courts, and it comes through. It comes through. So well, you, sir, this are is, not this a good the, father. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm talking about the, your daddy wasn't a good father. Yeah. No, no, fuck you. <laughs> I, I, if you I, could, I, I hope you don't have kids if I'm thinking this about you on the basketball court, but I can tell sometimes, you know, you could tell when somebody's daddy really wasn't doing what they're supposed mm-hmm. to do. You know what I mean? You know, just by the way dudes show up at the court sometimes and then the, the, the game that they throw out there for everybody to see. I tell a lot on Call of Duty, to be honest with you. Like, that's because of the plantar fasciitis that is uh, attacking my right foot for the last three months or so I've been forced to stay off the court and man and Call of Duty will let you know what has been happening in someone's life before you met them boy because it's always the dudes who get killed first and why wasn't y'all with me and it's like hey man point that thumb okay point that thumb right like you those same dudes matriculate them fat asses to the basketball court sometimes during the summer or winter months whatever the case may be and you, you figure out what a dude is really working with I will say this about the NCAA tournament I actually had fun watching it today I actually had fun watching it today I did you know why I had fun watching it today because they removed all the bullshit for me yeah 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 they removed everything that I did not want to see now I tune in for a Michigan State Marquette game during the year I definitely would right I tune in for Kentucky versus Kansas State what I'm not doing is the goofy shit that Tony texted to the group, by the way, and saying that I am over here watching Fairleigh Dickinson and Florida Atlantic. Come on now. 
Come on now, Tony. I mean, we are all men who are in relationships, serious, some, some, you know, some you know, not serious, some getting ready to be serious, whatever the case may be. Come on. Fairleigh Dickinson versus Florida Atlantic is, hey, I'm outside. <laughs> Get in the car. <laughs> that's that's what that. I'm not about to sit here and, and and walk y'all up to anything. I'm not about to do the pleasantries with you. I'm not even holding open the door. I'm outside. <laughs> that's that's what that's what Fairleigh Dickinson and Florida Atlantic is. You out your damn mind? What what? Because they because they're in the tournament. I'm supposed to be watching that. Are you crazy? If that game was on ESPN 22, would you be watching that game, Tony Gill? Probably not. Like in the middle of the year. Okay, not. so okay, no, no, no. So the, the middle of the fucking year, the beginning know, of the year, the beginning of the year. Would you be watching it? And Tony, I know you're not a you're not a gambler, right? Not, you're not. You, I wasn't. That's chasing, not how you're. I you're, wasn't. You know, yeah. the, the weekend. This man loves basketball. He loves basketball too he much. Loves basketball <laughs> too much. Respect. There's there's, there's not respect. See, and this is this is these are the people that encourage addiction right here. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah he loves heroin, man. Respect, you know. <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, mean, the, <laughs> the dude's no quitter. <laughs> you know? After a certain age, right? Like you know, 50, 60. It's like. I mean, if you try heroin, right, and you get addicted to it, it's like, what's the point at that point, right? You know, it's like, hey, yeah, I'm just going keep out. going, right? I'm going out yeah, with a bang. Just, I'm going out, hey, just go my heavy. Best. You feel me? Hey, well, oh, hey, for seven seconds at a time, you know, for ten dollars a pop, <laughs> I can dig it. I can dig it. Yeah, I'm not watching no damn Fairly Dickinson versus Florida Atlantic. Whoever wins is gonna lose. That's how I see it. <laughs> Whoever wins is gonna lose. But man, that little dude from Kansas State, and you know the reason why I enjoyed that game, the the and. Marcus Noel was the kid's name, if I'm not mistaken. Marquise or Marcus Noel. The dude has right. to be all of five foot ten. But you know what he did? He went out there and put on. The man had a couple of behind the back dimes. He hit a sham guy one time. Like he was out there balling like I'd like basketball to be played with some creative flair, with some artistry, you know, with some with some poeticism. Right. Some things that make me think, oh, like you just you don't just play the game like you think and live the game. Right. You, you know, people who are out there singing and then you see people who can sing. Right. You know, people out there who got lyrics, but, you know, a motherfucking spitter when you hear one. The college basketball is full. And when I tell you full of people who just got a basketball put in their hand and got drilled to death and now all of a sudden. They're on the big stage. But every once in a while, those dudes filter themselves out. And those dudes stand above. And I watched that entire game. That lived the smallest player on the court was by far and away the best player on the court. While Oscar Shibway was the, the, the reigning uh, player of the year. Had a, had a really good game. Don't get me wrong. And, mm-hmm. and the, the, who was the kid? Yeah, was it, um, uh, Wallace. Kassan Wallace, if I'm not mistaken, Kentucky point guard, had a terrific yeah. game as well going against Noel. But guess what? It was the man of the hour moment, and he took it, and he seized it. That's the shit we see every night in the NBA on any given court. On any given court where it's like, yo, everybody out here is primed and ready and talented for the moment. Now, will you meet the moment in an 82-game season? Might not happen every night, but the ones that do, we truly appreciate it. Because you know what really pissed me off this weekend? Was Mick Cronin. Mick Cronin got his ass on a podium after a win and said that 
it is harder to score on the college level than it is on the NBA level. He said that he appreciates this game. And he said, of course, maybe I'm biased, which tongue in cheek, but he said he appreciates this game because of all the things that are asked of the players. And I'm sitting there like, uh, wait a minute. He's one of those. I hate that guy. Dog. I it killed me. It, but guess what? College basketball coaches don't speak like that. That's why it stood out to me. You pull yeah. any college basketball coach to the side, you get them at a hotel bar while they sitting there scribbling plays on a napkin. Mm-hmm. They will tell you immediately, hey, the motherfuckers up there, different level, different level. Shot making, creativity, body control, all the things. I, 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 I'd fashion Mick Cronin to, uh, to go ahead and look at the, the reigning scoring champion season by season in college basketball and, and tell me what they do on the next level. Tell if, if they make it to the next level. Like, come on, man. Like, it's okay to like something more than other people. Because I got a whole bunch of things in sports that I like more than other people. But when we start espousing this bullshit that just because we get wrapped up in kids crying and last second shots, I saw the Purdue point guard turn the ball over seven times with the tallest person in college basketball on his team. That was a turnover, tough, man. a turnover, like that was you, tough to watch. Yeah, come on, I saw, I saw the Virginia Cavaliers lose because they couldn't break a diamond trap. Okay, so I don't want to hear this shit about college basketball anymore. If you like it, cool. I like shit that sucks too. Okay, I like a whole bunch of things that other people don't like. All right, I like you know I like lima beans. You feel me? All right, I like black licorice. Yeah, yeah, I like black licorice. You know what I mean? Yeah. Nah, you know what it is? I don't try to push the bullshit on other people. I don't pour syrup on pancake on shit and call it pancakes. That's me. These dudes running around out here telling you this is good basketball. I'm the, the highest field goal percentage I believe up to the point of this taping was forty six point nine percent from the field. That was the hottest team today in NCAA tournament action. Okay. And if you want to talk about closeouts and defense and all that, two swings and everybody gets an open shot. That's the other thing. You can't even really teach defense on a collegiate level because you got a bunch of kids running around. So you can't teach coverages and all these other things. So miss me with this shit about this being premium basketball. And I'm not even going to do the back in my day stuff because the game was different when I watched it. So I'm not going to compare the generations. But come on, dog. Come on, man. Like, I enjoyed the couple of games that I watched today, but let's, let, you know, let's let's be easy with how we talk about things. There are professional artists and there are amateur artists, and it's okay to be the amateur artist. I'm just not showing up at your talent show. I'll catch you when you're in, you know, Best Buy or my Apple Music. You know what I mean? It's as simple yeah. as that. But that's, see, but that's, that's kind of what I enjoy about this time of year. 100%. In college basketball is it's the chaos. Like, just be honest with that is what is fun about it. Yes. Anybody can beat anybody. It's spontaneous. Like you'll run into, cause I don't watch a ton of college basketball during the year, except for the draft guys. Uh, but I've been watching a lot, you know, in conference tournament season and, and the tournament uh, for some other work stuff. Um, I've got a, freelance gig that I got to do some college basketball writing for. So I've had to be up on stuff. And it's like, it's the guys like the Kansas state dude you're talking about today. Like these guys that come up out of nowhere that really kind of captivate you for an hour and a half, two hours. And they kind of shine through the sea of shit a little bit. Um, That, that, that really is fun about it. I will say the other thing I kind of enjoy about college basketball, I'm not going to say it's better, but there is a little bit more 
stylistic diversity where like yes. if you just look at the if you look at the profile of a team and then you watch them play different teams in division one play completely drastic and opposite styles like to neutralize the talent gaps exactly and Mm -hmm. and there's not you know maybe just the skill level isn't high enough where there can be one standardized way of playing like in the nba you know you're dealing with elite skill level you know even on the worst teams so you see it kind of like, I, I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but I do kind of buy that there is a little bit of a homogeny in, like, the way that, like, what NBA teams prioritize when they're roster building. And and I hate that and, shit about the NBA. Yeah. Like, we, exactly. can so be, the, we, can be, we can be honest about the sports that we don't, with the, with the, we love and the sports that we have fallen out of love with. Because I was as big a college basketball fan as you would find. And yeah. it's just, it's become, you know, it's become tough to watch. It's become tough and that's, to watch. It, 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 it has. Uh I, I think that quality of it is a little refreshing four weeks out of the year, but I will say, uh, like I'm people who people who listen to the the other pod uh, that I that we used to do together or that I used to be a part of. Uh, I mentioned a few times that I was from Connecticut, so I'm, mm-hmm. I'm a big UConn basketball fan. I I've got a bunch of family that went there. They're having a season that's worth being invested in this year. I'm always invested, but I've watched a lot of them this year just through that. Just being being a fan, that's one of my mm-hmm. oldest fandoms. Man, the officiating. <laughs> the stoppages, like you said, Jay, the schematic stuff. Oh my god. The field goal droughts. Like there's a lot of stuff about college basketball. When you like like you just said, when you're going through the rigors of watching it like week in, week out throughout a season, that's like and, and then you go watch you know, even a Bulls game. We have our we we all have our frustrations about the Bulls. But then you go watch, you know, a slate of NBA action for a night, and it's like it's not it's, that. It's not just that it's better, it's College basketball could be better too. It could be better. Two halves, One, man. Take this. Take that yeah. shit out of there. It just feels man. like the missed Get shots are never going to end. <laughs> it's like there's no right. end to the missed shots. Like if you, you split in quarters, you, it doesn't feel as bad. You looking for the under twelve and under eight timeout? Like, all right, give these motherfuckers a break. <laughs> like, 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 take this back to the lab. We'll be back with more of the full goal with Jason Golf after a word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Thomas's. Thomas's presents Pondering the Bagel with Tom. Oh, the paradox of the bagel. Tis crunchy yet soft. Tis filling yet has a hole. Tis a vehicle for spreads, but only travels from toaster to plate. Thomas's. Huzzah! A toast to breakfast. Hey, this is Lance Briggs. You're listening to The Full Go with Jason Goff. I'm glad you mentioned the, the homogeny of uh, NBA basketball because I think some of that can be attributed to the way or how coaches go about things on the college level. And I'm not talking about the styles, but I'm just talking about how every coach, every coach has to prove he's a great coach in every moment, in every game, in every situation. And then when they come up super small, it's all of a sudden he's just a recruiter. It's like, no, no, this is the thing. This is what happens when you don't let your dudes run free a little bit. They don't know how to, they don't know how to unrobot themselves in tension-filled moments. You know, and, mm-hmm. and I've said it since maybe the early aughts that, uh, you know, y- y- you can't have kids in March looking over at the sideline, walking the ball up under two minutes looking for a play. You feel me? You've been playing for six months now. You know who's on your team, freshman or not. 
Like these are the things that you can see certain things shine through in a way that maybe because the NBA guys get a chance to have so much free reign. Right. And, and for all the people out there, you know, they play defense on a different level. Yeah. That's also officiating shit, too, by the way. Like, yeah, they, the, the physicality of the college game, it's it's pretty jarring. And I, 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 that's kind of refreshing, too. Like, it's kind of it, it, I'm not saying it's better, but it is fun. You know, when you drop in for a few weeks out of the year. Yeah. The physicality yeah. that they let them play with. But that distorts the view of college level defense. Like, I don't know when I see I saw I can't remember what account it was. Somebody put out a tweet of if you dropped Giannis on a 16 seed, like how far to play? Like, come, come on, man. Like, come on. what are we talking come on. about? Danny Manning. About? Danny Manning had a run for the ages, got to the league and was like, I had a run for the ages, though. Come on, <laughs> man. Like, let's, 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 I mean, this is the other part. And I'm glad you mentioned that part about the talent. If the NBA ever wanted to kill this thing by by making and, and you know, this slower steps have been made with the G League, right? And now G League Ignite, where you got this is where the, you know, the top three or four prospects seemingly are going to end up year after year going forward if they're not coming from overseas. But the the four A baseball player, you know, shout out to Brooks Kieschnick back in the day for all the Cubs fans who needed that, you know, gut punch just now. But a guy who was better than the minor leagues, but a guy who just wasn't quite a major league player. College basketball is getting ready to be filled with that guy. It's going to be guys who you're like, oh, because I remember when Tyler Hansborough was a like a, a an outlier. Like, oh, okay, well, you know, he'll get to the league and the the physical limits will show themselves to be what they are. He'll be a role player this day. I mean, he was barely a role player, right? Now, now, give me the last four or five players of the year. And tell I'll me. I'll look them up. I'll, I'll look them up because yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't follow and, it enough. To, and and to I don't that. either. I just, I just want a decent sample size of whatever the conversation. And this is without me understanding or knowing who these people are. There are more guys who are the 4A dude than I think I've ever seen in college basketball, where it's like, all right, this guy is a player, but you know, what is what is it going to translate to? And I know people right, are like, well, it's not the college game, it's, you know, it's not the pro game. But come on, though, we we used to seeing that dude and being like, okay, there's no need for Michael Beasley to even go to the library second semester. We already know that that is a a showstopper. He got to the league, and there was some issues, but let. Tell me which place, which venue, which arena Michael Beasley couldn't get a bucket anytime he wanted to, right? Like it was, it was, it was responsibility, it was maturity, all the other things that went along with Michael Beasley. Kevin Durant didn't need to see him run another step after the Big Twelve Championship and 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 headed into the NCAA tournament. Who are the dudes running around college basketball right now that you know going to kick the shit out of everybody in the NBA? There's yeah, there, there there's a few, but like you said, it feels like less and less every year. Like Brandon Miller is the guy. Brandon, Brandon Brandon Miller is the guy this year. Brandon Miller, I'm glad you brought him up. What do you think Brandon Miller is going to be on the next level? I think he's a I think he's an outstanding college player. What do you think Brandon Miller's prospects are on the next level? Are we talking franchise building, foundational NBA player? If you got to do that, it's a no. It's a no. And he may, I'm not saying he won't turn into that. I'm not saying he won't because we didn't know what Damian Lillard was going to be, right? We didn't, yeah. you know, yeah, there's yeah, guys yeah. who pop up on you, right? But I'm talking about the dudes who are like, okay, this is separated. This is, I mean, he, this is what it is. I think he's worth the investment. 
in trying to build around a guy. Mm-hmm. Like if out of all the guys not Scoot and Wimby, he's he's the guy. How how drastic is the fall off? I don't know if it's that far. Now, now, granted, I don't know how much of this is just buzz that happens around the draft and it's like, all right, we start overthinking it or we're, you know, different media people hear different things from sources or whatever. Right, right, but there right. is there is buzz right now that he could that he's on the scoot tier and like could go number two. And there's all this, there's, there's Count stuff out there right now. Me about that. as one of the people who don't believe that. Mm. Well, count, this count me thing, as the, it is Wimbenyama, scoot Henderson, the field and everybody else. Yeah. 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 You're probably yeah. right about that. And that's, what's interesting about the G league thing, right? Is it's a little bit worse for the, the common person's entertainment or being able to watch guys just cause, you can go find those G League games. Obviously, Wembenyama's an international prospect, so that's a whole different thing. But for the G League thing specifically, you can go find those games. But it was always easier to check out, you know, this dude who's up next if they're on a Blue Blood college that's what program. I appreciate it too. But at the end of the day, and we don't have enough of a sample yet, but I think it will be interesting in five to seven years to look back at the guys who were a part of the pilot program for the G League Ignite thing and say, were these dudes more ready? Like, is there something in their developmental track that's different because they were there? Like you look at the Jalen greens or the Kamingas or, you know, scoot coming out this year. I, I think, I think it'll be interesting. Wait, they, Jason, can I name you some of these national oh players yeah, of the year? Cause I know Zion Williamson is on there, right? So I was going to say, there's some studs sprinkled yeah, in like Zion's yeah. a stud. Yeah. AD in 2012. That's a stud. Uh, Blake no, Griffin in 09. Okay. Okay. We go way in back. 07. I said the last five, this man's going back a decade. Well, the, no, I, I'm just sprinkling those in. I'm gonna give you, I'm going to start in 2021 because it in starting in 2021, all these dudes are in the league or have been in the league. Got gotcha. you. 2021, uh, Luca Garza from <laughs> Iowa. Second round pick. I think he's I think he's with the Wolves now. Ooh. He's bounced around. I'm, I'm kind of we're kind of who he played for. You like ourselves. it? I love it. You like whatever. Yeah. If you'd have told me he was on the Bulls, I, I'd agree with you right now. Moving on. Okay. Uh, 2020, Obi Toppin. Hmm. The, the oh, Uh-oh, he was the dude. What, hey, let me tell you something right now. When the Mick Cronin quote happened, he was the person I thought of immediately. Mm. He was the person I thought of immediately, and you knew it. And it and, was no problem my, my for, t- for Obi Toppin to jump over people and score points. None, none. And how's that he's, worked out? He's actually uh, now. Granted, he's a little buried on that Knicks team. I had low expectations for him. I, I was in NBA media at that point. My my pre-draft takes are on record about Obi Toppin. I was dubious. I was skeptical, particularly defensively. Didn't see it working at the next level. It kind of mm-hmm. hasn't so far. Mm-hmm. To, the, to be fair, though, he actually has kind of exceeded my expectations in the limited things I've seen of him. But that's kind of saying something because he's still right. kind of a fringe right. role guy. Right. Exactly. All right. I'll give you a few more. Here's, here's a good one. Uh, Zion was 2019. We already talked mm-hmm. about him. Yeah. Jalen Brunson, 2018. There you but go. Still, but second, still a guy who was second a second round, round pick, pick right? yeah. and his ascent has been a little, it's been surprising. Um, Frank yes. Mason, the third, 2017, Buddy Healed, 2016, Frank Kaminsky, 2015, Frank Mason, go back, go back, go back. Go back. For Kansas, Where yeah. Not fucking watching college basketball, <laughs> that's where you were. 
That's where you were. I, listen, man, people think that I'm on this like hate to hate and, you know, sports radio caricature shit. I'm not. I'm not. I hate that I don't like what I'm watching as much as I, I would like to. I hate and, it. I love basketball. And j- I love basketball. I would love for the product to be better. And I don't know how it's going to get better with the current structure. Now, we don't have enough data with the NIL, like we said last pod, to know, all right, is it keeping players? Are players going to stay longer? Are we going to get a better product? Is the NBA then, in fact, going to get a better product? But, man, when Scoot Henderson and, 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 and Wimby are out here like, yo, you come from overseas, I'll be right here in the G League Ignite, and we'll meet at the, at the top I, I I would fashion a guess that they're going to be players who follow suit. Let Scoot Henderson mess around and make an all-star game before his first contract is done and, and have kids looking around like, oh, okay. Okay, because Brandon Jennings going overseas and doing what he did, you know, it didn't hit like everybody thought it would, but it was still monumental, right? It was still like, okay, he just showed people a different way, a different lane. And if Brandon Jennings' career maybe would have been different, say Brandon Jennings has the career that – I don't know. Um, I don't want to see, say Derek, but say, give me a, a top 10 point guard who, you know, you respect, but doesn't really crack that, that, you know, that upper tier, right? Because of how loaded the position is. Like, say a, a, a Malcolm Brogdon. Mm-hmm. But I mean, that's a dude who didn't leave Virginia until he was 28 years old too, though. You know what I'm saying? But I'm just saying, like, if Brandon Jennings had a different career, it, it might have opened some eyes to some different things. I think that, I think, I think the NBA has put American basketball on notice this last couple of years, if we've been watching, and the pipelines and the way kids are coached, uh, the way kids are ran into the ground, the way kids can go across the pond or the way kids can go to the G League health. Salt Lake City shows you all you needed to see about what the league is getting ready to be. You have, you, uh, the conversation during the All-Star game was the fact that Giannis, Jokic, and Embiid are the three best players right now in the NBA. None of them touched soil on a college campus except for, for Joel, right? Except for Joel. Mm-hmm. And he was in the basketball with, uh, without borders program, right? Like the, the, the natural resources are being tapped all around the world. Meanwhile, we're sitting here watching what should be a minor league facsimile not spit out the product or the players that it should. I mean, it's a it's a real industrial conversation that uh, I think is going to have to happen here soon. And wait till the CBA pops up, you know, guaranteed contracts and streaming money and all that other shit ain't just what's, what's about to be talked about. There are veterans who are very scared about what's happening overseas. <laughs> not, what, not what's happening here in college. So I'm uh, I'm interested and fascinated to see how this thing uh, how this thing winds up. Yeah, it's still it's diluted. And what's interesting is the interests of the league are are not aligned at all. They're in fact they're you would think opposed to the the best interests of improving the college basketball product because tapping into all those natural resources you're talking about is has cultivated the most pure talent and skill that we've ever had. Like I I get people's frustrations with the devaluing of the regular season and everything, but if you really sink your teeth into the NBA basketball on a nightly basis. The it's absurd yep. the things you can watch mm-hmm. every night. Of course. Of course. And it and it der- it derives from that. And it derives from like this G League thing. It's gonna be interesting because 
it's a trade-off where it seems like it's probably worse for the average viewer who wants to watch amateur basketball as if it's that minor league pipeline just because the games aren't as accessible. Maybe they'll get more accessible. But, you know, guys getting paid handsomely to train and, and be trained in you know world-class facilities by world-class coaches and trainers and things of that nature, like, ultimately that has to, the more they build it out, that has to be a better purely developmental pipeline that has oh, to be better for purely oh yeah, producing oh yeah, nba definitely. talent and and then the college and the promotion of said app the, the nba didn't even really do it really like it feels like it's still a work in progress for the nba but once you list out the things though that they just did just because scoop henderson was a part of all-star weekend and he's like, yeah <laughs> like scoot henderson was a part of all-star weekend like that's that yeah. That's not happening at the at the you at can the tie it all together level. Like, and and they weren't even serious about it. He wasn't even like the main. He should yeah. have been the main story driver, or one of the main stories more than the three point contest. More than the, this kid is up next. Watch him now, please. It should have been a headliner during that game. And they just kind of like, hey, plus we got Scoot Henderson joining this weekend. If you want to check him out, like once they get used to piping in this top tier talent. There, and then the promotion starts. College is college is gonna go away. College is gonna so go this away. So that's the thing. I, I, there's always going to be one. There's always going to be forty to sixty-five year old men who have nothing better yeah. to do with their money than to yeah. spend it on the alma mater that they love going back to to cheat on their wives at. Right, and on top of it, on top of it, we're not even talking about the fact that the the stigma that young prodigies have in this country when it comes to sports and how you want to hold them back as much as possible because of morals and integrity and you know air quotes by the way and education man Peja Stojakovic was a pro at 16 years old Jerry Krause was scouting him at 16 16 so just think, when Jay Krause put his eyes on, on Peja Stojakovic, just think how many years of professional coaching that he had had up to that point, right? Like, I, I know ex-athletes whose kids are, are running around right now, and those kids, I'm telling you, the NBA is going to be dudes from over the overseas, is going to be um, ex-ball players' sons, and it's going to be the hungriest of the hungry motherfuckers. So now there's going to be a whole little middle class of basketball getting cut out. Getting cut out. If you are a, a knockdown jump shooter who's got you know a, a, a leaky handle and you may not be as tall as you need to be, guess what? It's a 15-year-old in, in Slovenia that's getting ready to bust your ass and you don't even know about it. You feel me? It's a, or, or it's a kid in Chino Hills whose pops knows everybody on the left coast and all they do is train and, and eat right and do everything that they can. You feel me? Todd Marinovich his pops was a pioneer because there's a bunch of dudes running around right now after the NBA you know after the NBA lifestyle kind of subsides there's dudes running around like wait a minute I can I can keep this thing going what T. Morant can't be the only one out here enjoying the fruits of his kids' labor. Like, don't get it twisted. There's a lot of old ex-athletes out here who missed that spotlight who are putting a lot of work into their kids so I, I, two, three years from now, don't say we didn't warn you. 
Don't say we didn't warn you. This college basketball thing is fun and all, but wait till this shit start feeling like Omaha. You just wait. You just wait till they start feeling like the College World Series before people start to be like, all right, what's happening? And then it's going to be, is American basketball in trouble? Time for some commercials. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Bulls Talk with Jason Goff on the full goal. Flies in with a two-handed slam dunk. Brought to you by The Ringer, a Spotify original. Rob, I just want to ask you, how long have you thought of Zach Levine as an elite one-on-one defender? Wow. You put me on the spot (laughs) (laughs) with that one. I'm not even going to do it to you. For the people who don't know, for the people who aren't uh, up to date, for the people who aren't hip, if you haven't noticed, Zach Levine has been salty for a long time now. Like, for like at least half of this season. Like, let's count how many times Zach has had to, like, you know, puff his chest out and be like, I don't like this shit. In so many words, right? You, you talk about the Orlando benching. Then we get to yeah. the trade deadline, and he wasn't very happy that people were calling about him. And now, you know, all of a sudden, he blurts out after stopping Kyle Anderson. He blurts out, you know what? Everybody in this league knows what I could do on a defensive end. I am one of the best on-ball defenders in the game. And I – listen, 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 listen. I have long thought that Zach could be and should be one of the best defenders because of his elite quickness, hands, athleticism, and overall offensive instinct. Let's let's keep it funky. If you can if you can get to the rim, if you can play the way that he plays offensively, you should be able to lock somebody down. It's all about, you know, expenditures of energy and all the other things that we throw out there, right? And in the fourth quarter, can you sl- like nowadays is can you stop somebody in the fourth quarter? It ain't it ain't locking anybody up a whole game because that just doesn't happen on the NBA level. It can't. It can't with the spacing now. And and it's hard because it's a nuanced conversation and people don't always want to get into it. But with the spacing, with the lack of big men in the league now, with pretty much, you know, shit, Dorian Finney-Smith is the backup five. Okay, like that's what he's he had five three pointers the other night being a six foot eight center at 215 pounds. So the game has changed a whole lot. And there's a lot of reasons why you just can't keep people in front of you. The lack of physicality that you're allowed to to move around with on the perimeter. But man, when that came out of Zach's mouth, I was like, oh shit, this season, like it's, it's I mean, we got what, a dozen games left now? But I was like, oh, this is it. This is the moment where it's like, oh, this is what this season has been all about. Like guys have been very upset about the way they've been referred to or talked about and Meanwhile, the results don't belie that, but Zach Levine being a premier elite one-on-one defender. Rob Schaefer, your thoughts? So, obviously, I'm not going to go to elite. I I will say, though, ever since I've started doing this 
freelance and stuff where I'm writing for the Bulls and I've been doing these Twitter threads where I go back and clip game highlights and give my observations of things. His I've defense been, has improved. I'm going to say like he's a he's a good on-ball defender. I, I, I really, really solid. Uh, I think there are limitations when you talk about the his size and physicality that probably prevent me from going to elite only because I don't see it translate all the way up the positional yeah, spectrum, he, like guarding like one to four. Jimmy was putting him in at the, the same level every time he saw him. So that's and that's what I'm talking about. But I think Zach's been pretty like if you just watch it. I'm not I'm not doing numbers here. Like if you just watch it, I think he's been a pretty solid on ball defender this season. I'm totally with that. The athleticism stuff, the staying in front of guys being locked in, it's there. Not the Anderson uh, clip is the one that got all the attention when he when he had that quote in the Minnesota game. They also put him on Conley at the end of the first OT. You guys are already laughing at me. They put him on Conley at the beginning of the, <laughs> at the end of the first OT. He face guarded him, completely denied him the ball. When let's be now, I'm not I'm not going to say that that was like the prettiest or best win. We can get into that, but like. It was impressive. Like if you watch that defensive possession too, like those are his skills and, or sorry, his tools on display. I also, I, I also will say though, the criticism of Zach has n- on the defensive end has never really been focused on the on ball stuff. At least for me, ever. It's always been the back cuts, the rotations, the awareness of where you're supposed to be off the ball. And I don't think he's I, I don't think he's perfect there. I, I'm sure he wouldn't say he's perfect. But he's been better there too. Where this the way the Bulls play defense is so reliant on being on top of it, being on a string, rotating, because they provide such heavy uh and intentional help on the interior. They're always spread like people get mad about the threes they give up. Like it's sort of by design a little bit, but the hard closeouts, like they rely on those and they rely on the communications and the instincts to get back out. I also think Zach has been better in that area. Wouldn't say great. Still better on the ball. But it's definitely been better that area. He is far from the team's biggest issue. Cough, cough, DeRozan. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. In right. a lot of those respects. Like, right. you see him pop up a lot more on the missed rotation or getting out late or being flat-footed to somebody. Um, but, <laughs> yeah, like, obviously elite, like, we've known this about Zach for really the, the first time it really kind of clicked for me, like how high his self-confidence is, is Jason, I think you asked the question when he first made, when he made his first all-star team and we were on that zoom because it was COVID year and you jumped in and you, I it was, it was something like you asked him, like if, if you could give advice to your younger self or something yes. like that, yeah. am I on the right track with that? Yeah, yeah. And then, what and then you, you asked tell, a follow up about his Zach as a young dude. Now that you're an all star, yeah. And then you asked, it was a follow up, something about kind of like what's next goals wise, and he said all the things you'd expect: NBA champion, you know, more all stars, all NBA, whatever. And he he said all defense, and I mm-hmm. think people would have scoffed at him then. Most people would probably scoff at him now, uh, but that's kind of how that's how he views himself. He went on to be in the Olympics that summer. He was kind of a three and D type, like defensive specialist slash kind of bring the ball up de facto point guard of that team, you know, at least the second unit kind of a little bit. Mm -hmm. So there's been an evolution there. Uh, I actually, I'm not even like, I'm not even bullshitting right now. I, I have been legitimately impressed 
like pouring over stuff and slowing stuff down and rewatching. No, he's been, he's been sets. a lot. He better. has been good. He has been good defensively this year, in my opinion. Uh, yeah. I really, I actually genuinely believe that. Just, just watching it, just watching it. Yeah, no, he's been, he's been a lot better, right? And I, I'm not saying that he is, uh, he is bad, uh, but elite is. Uh, those are. Those are hefty words, right? Or, you know, saying that everyone knows what I do on ball, yeah, especially defense like, in this in league. In regards to that one play where, like, the worst isolation basketball player outside the paint was trying to make a move at the end of a game. It's like, hey, Kyle Anderson was killing their ass. Don't get it twisted. <laughs> Kyle Anderson, slow mo, was killing them. Wait, uh, but, was, but, <laughs> but I will was, say, but I will say too again. They had to put in, the stopper. In, they had to put the Kyle Anderson stopper on him. You feel me? Well, but, but in defense of him again on that play, I watched that play a bunch of times. I believe Zach starts that play on Conley, mm-hmm. and Anderson screens for him. Mm-hmm. And him and Caruso, like, I don't know who I, I don't know who the miscommunication was on because I, I, you know, haven't talked to any of the people who were actually involved in it. But him and Caruso kind of both popped out at Conley coming off that screen and Anderson's running free. And I don't know if they were supposed to switch it or they were supposed to hedge it or what was supposed to happen. But you could tell there was something a little bit off there and Zach's behind the play. And I know he's called slow-mo, right? So again, mm-hmm. <laughs> no one's giving you a ton of credit for doing this, but his recovery to get back and corral the ball at that point Again, legitimately impressive, legitimately probably saved the game for them. So Yeah. yeah. Um, He's I, been better. Know. Oh, yeah. He's been yeah. better. They were about to lose that game. I'll, 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 well, they should have yeah, lost that still, game. I mean, both well, teams should have lost that game six or seven times. I mean, this is the funny thing about this Bulls team right now. I was thinking about this before Please coming on. Please tell me this. I want to know what the I funny looked, thing I, is. I was, I was looking up the funny thing. I was looking up because they're seven and four since the break. And mm-hmm. uh, when I, I the thing I wrote for Bulls.com last week, I was looking through some lineup data or whatever, and I unearthed basically the Bulls are they're seven and four since the break, and they have like the second best net rating. They got a top five offense and defense in that span. Mm-hmm. And I was like, so the numbers tell me that they've been one of the best teams in the NBA in the last eleven games. And then I was like, but my eyes, as someone who watches them every night, and you guys, I think would agree with this too. You just still see too many moments like that. That eight second violation, man. I have not gotten over that. I know they won the game. I have not gotten over that eight second violation. Days later. And I was watching it in real time and I like put my hands in the air and I was like, that's eight seconds. And then there there was this thought out there that it was a quick whistle. It was not a quick whistle. It got to 15. Mm -hmm. Like it was not a quick whistle at all. So there's still too many moments like that where I'm like, my big picture beliefs on this team still hold. Uh, but it's it's been interesting to see them have this little resurgence here. It, it's kind of the opposite of last year when the wheels completely fell off at the All-Star break. Now they've kind of got this, this second win. I, I really don't know what to make of it. The issue with this team and the issue that continues with this team is they have recognition problems. And they don't understand when and what works and why it works and how it works or how long it should be working. And that's the only problem that I'm going to continue to have with the squad. And I don't know if that's a Billy Donovan thing. I don't know if that is a Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan thing. I don't know if it is a, you know, a a roster that just has a bunch of misfit pieces thrown together thing, but the recognition part, the recognition piece, the, the lack of recognition inside possessions, inside quarters, uh, inside games, that's the reason why it's hard to believe in this squad right now. 
because I can't tell you from night to night, from quarter to quarter, what you're going to get. And when you do get what you're supposed to get, you get it for just long enough to piss you off that it's not happening for an entire game. And I know, I know teams make runs, but man, you up 26 points against Miami Heat who can't shoot threes, don't really have an up-tempo offense. No way they should be able to walk you down like that. And 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 let's and let's really, if we really want to go at it, Miami Heat didn't play their best game even to get back into that game. Like they didn't, they they weren't playing hellacious defense or just knocking down shot after shot after shot. I can like listen. If a team's gonna come down in a quarter and and knock six or seven threes down, then shit, hey, chalk it up. You know, <laughs> you got it. But. Duncan Robinson got two minutes because he apparently doesn't play for the Miami Heat anymore. Uh, Gabe Vincent didn't go off, right? Tyler Hero didn't go off. Jimmy Butler got to the free throw line the way Jimmy Butler's supposed to get to the free throw line, and Bam Adebayo did what he was supposed to do. And next thing you know, you're looking up like, wait a minute, hold on now. It's a six-point lead. It's a six-point lead after all that work that you did. Kobe White. For Kobe White to have to be the calming force time after time, not only for the second unit, for the game. Save the game. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's um I I'm trying to understand what I should be enthused about with this team. Cause there are things that like the little moments, right? Like Patrick Williams slowly but surely creeping his way to more aggression is something that I'm getting enthused about. But at the same time, I'm like, all right. He makes a bad mistake or he makes a defensive miscue. He's, his ass is right back there on the bench, just like the Patrick Williams that wasn't shooting. Right? There was there was a bad rotation, and I knew I knew the next time out he was gonna be out. Cause somebody got open for a three on a on a on a dig that was unnecessary at the foul line. Yeah. I forget who had the ball at the foul line, but it was an unnecessary trap. It was a struce. It was a struce. Yeah, it was a struce. Yeah, I remember three. it. Right. I remember it. Yeah. yeah. It was ba- I think it was Bam. Yeah, Bam I think it was Bam because they, they were crowding Bam, Bam yeah. when it Yeah. Yeah, you no, you knew it. And Jason, it takes it takes two injuries. It takes Caruso going out and Pat Bev going out for him to play meaningful minutes. And he rewarded it in that heat game. He made that big corner three. But and I'm I'm not even saying I think maybe that small lineup should be a little bit more matchup fluid. Like you should mm. be able to turn to Pat more often for high leverage minutes, just depending on what the matchup is. I get why he's not out there in the most important minutes of games on a nightly basis at this point, because this team's chasing wins. Like that's just the way it is. And you, and it's clear that Billy just has more trust in guys like Beverly and Caruso, which I get, but I think the thing to get excited about this season would be if now, I guess the flashes are coming with, with Patrick Williams, but the thing that to get excited about would be if he was given the opportunity to do them also in the biggest moments and not right. just, Right. For a spurt in the last two or three minutes of the second quarter, or the, sorry, the first quarter with the second unit that you can get fired up about. Uh, but at the same point, it's all part of the progression. That's probably the thing that I'm the most excited about with this bull season that is projectable moving forward. I guess Zach, Zach actually, Zach being back to himself is pretty hard. Oh, yeah, he's had an amazing also, I mean, like. The way that he's playing, even like the seven assists last night, he's he's making quick decisions, passing out of doubles. He's been wonderful. Um, finding guys. He was one of the guys that was actually getting Vooch the ball down low last night, too. That's that's those are opportunities that they missed a fair amount. It goes back to the matchup recognition thing. So I, I think those two guys just 
and it has to do as much with their age and their the way they're situated with the timeline of the team as anything. I think those are the two legitimate things he had accepted. I'm not going to get like head over heels about a seven and four in eleven game stretch and like sliding into ninth or tenth and playing a few fun playing games. I mean, granted, it's fun in the moment. Like, I'll be honest, I didn't miss going to games as much as when you know that Kings game and that Wolves game, the double OT game, just hearing the energy, like the fact that the, the fact that Bulls fans can still get to that level at this point in the season for this team. Man, kudos to the fans. It's remarkable, man. It, it, it's 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 remarkable. Yeah. They 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 love this team. They love this team, man. And it's yeah. just a, a shame that you know, for a lot of games this year, you saw the lack of effort in certain games. You saw the not working together on on a common goal uh, games like throughout this season, and it's like they're taking advantage of the the support, you know, that they get at times. And sometimes they bring it, you know, against the the better teams this year. They brought it uh, and, and gotten it together, but it, a lot of emotional energy is being put into this push run from fans um, f- to hopefully get into to, to a play in situation, a, a made up playoff <laughs> situation uh, that. We'd be having a different conversation if the league didn't make this up, right? Like if we're talking about them being in ten place without this play-in situation, like wh- what are we what are we doing here? It's the full goal, baby! So let's let's spray around to the rest of the NBA before we uh, spring our guy Rob here. Um, when do the Memphis Grizzlies call in the cold red on John Morant? Is that the first game back or the second game back? Because this news about the Memphis Grizzlies not being able to spend overnights in any NBA cities. Because they've been bad boys. Hey, man, there are certain things that an NBA player is looking forward to on the NBA road. Sometimes it's a meal. Sometimes it's architecture. If you're Pau Gasol. Right. Sometimes it's dropping in on family. Sometimes you go to a spot that you got traded from and you get to sleep in your old bed. You know, sometimes you 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 can go to your favorite gym. Right. There's there's certain high school gyms all around the country that the NBA players love going to to shoot at before they they visit a certain city. And there's also the nightlife, man. I don't know what I would do if I was a multimillionaire adult who, for my job, has to be in Atlanta and has to be in Miami and has to be in New York and has to be in Los Angeles and has to be in Houston. Don't sleep on Houston, y'all. I know I know everybody likes to sleep on Houston, but please don't ever sleep on Houston. For God's sakes, they did. He went ham in Denver. He went to the same strip club two nights in a row in Denver. So just imagine, just imagine the oddities. Huh? And the and the 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 uh, fanfare that greets you from city to city, man. It, it, not only was it bad enough that John Morant went to you know uh, uh, you know a, a counseling center for like six and a half hours, did a did an interview with, with Jalen Rose and was like, I'm cool now, ready to ball. Like, if you really want, and and that's just me having fun with it. By the way, for all of the the you know the serious people out there but if you really want to be serious about it everybody out here has been talking about Ja getting the people away from him that don't care about him well maybe he has to get the NBA away from him too then 
because this shit that is getting ready to happen here, where if you're talking about stressors and let's face it, man, when that statement came out about things that he's dealing with and when Taylor Jenkins himself came out and said that he is dealing with something that um, that. Let's face it, I'm not going front. I thought they were talking about drugs or alcohol. I thought they were talking about dependency and I'm not I'm not minimizing stress and anxiety. Trust me. Trust me. If there's anybody who is not going to minimize that is me. Mm-hmm. I understand. I understand what it is to have to step onto a stage and nobody gives a fuck about what's happening in your life. You got to perform. I trust me I do. But when the statements came out and when Ja put his stuff out about dealing with stress and anxiety in a certain way and then saying that he did what he did on IG because he wanted to feel free, sounds like a self-sabotager to me. Sounds like a guy who needs maybe more than six days in a treatment facility. And, and I'm not playing, you know, um, uh, dime store psychologist right here at all. But as a person who has been in therapy for the last two and a half years and maybe has uncovered maybe two or three percent of all the shit that's going on in my head and my soul, man, we talk about Jaws homies. We talk about Jaws daddy. We talk about Jaws life. We talk about Jaws life before the fame. We go back and rake through all, all of Jaws Instagram posts as a kid. And we talk about him having the right people around him, people who care about about John Morant's well-being. Well, I'll be goddamned if the NBA shouldn't be thrown in that bucket because Adam Silver, who I feel gives a shit about these players, one of the few commissioners that I feel has ever really done that, but mind you, still works for the owners. John Morant is a commodity. John Morant was getting ready to be one of the faces, if not the face of this league going forward because nobody would stand up and stay healthy long enough or flash a smile long enough or or put on an interview long enough or sold enough jerseys. He was getting ready to be that and still may be that. But you can't on one hand tell me that this young man is not handling stress well, not identify what he's doing to handle that stress and then put him in one of the more stress-filled situations in professional sports, which is the NBA playoffs. So as we're sitting here talking shit about dudes who are pointing lasers at Indiana Pacers tour buses, we're sitting here talking about dudes putting on IG Live, you know, who had the gun, whose gun was it, you know, getting thrown out there with $50,000 worth of money all over the floor and all the people that don't care about him. Throw the NBA in that fucking bucket too. Because the fact that this young man is going to be allowed to play to the detriment of his mental health. Nobody's going to convince me that this is better for John Morant. He can't, his fans can't, the stands who can't wait to to go on Instagram and say, well, he ain't really doing anything. Nobody got hurt. Yeah, all right, keep that logic tight. And then when the the motherfucker falls off the cliff, everybody's going to be singing that sad song. So yeah, it ain't just John Morant's homies. It ain't just T. Morant. It ain't just John Morant. It's the NBA to me. And this is me saying this. This ain't, Anthony Gill, this ain't Rob Schaefer. This is Jason Goff saying this. The NBA does not give a fuck about John Morant. Because if they did, this young man would have to be on the shelf a little bit longer. He didn't even have enough time to rehearse the shit he had to say properly. He couldn't even put the umph in it that was necessary. The third person didn't hit like he usually hits. 
Jalen Rose sat there on a goddamn lawn chair across from this man at a hotel that wasn't the facility probably and said, hey, you all good? Yeah, I'm all good. Let's go hoop. We love to allow these these organizations, whether they're paying us or not, to skate. Not me. That young man, to me, is more important than basketball right now. That young man's health, that young man's um, sphere, that young man's environment, that young man's state of mind is more important. And in that role, in that Jalen Rose interview, which I didn't talk about last week because I still wanted to digest it a little bit. In that Jalen Rose interview, Jalen Rose was very authentic. He was himself. He, you know, shit, Jalen was out there like Vlad TV, like, so whose gun was it? I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> you about to tell on the whole neighborhood right now. Like, hold on, John. <laughs> hold on. <laughs> that was about to be Jalen's Barbara Walters moment right there. Next thing you know, Jalen going to have a late night talk show in this bitch. Like, this man was about, it wasn't my gun. Whose gun was it, though, son? Like, I thought Jalen was about to get in him, right? But seriously, all jokes aside, come on, man. You know why? Because I'm looking at it as if that was my homie, if that was my brother, if that was a dude who I was on his payroll, man, hey, man, take a seat. (laughs) Take a seat, baby. You still going to be able to jump? They still going to buy them jerseys? Shit. Rappers go to jail, they come out and go double, triple platinum. (laughs) You might have to sit down for 10 games, player. (laughs) This season is over. You hear me? The Memphis Grizzlies ain't winning shit this year. But guess what? Adam Silver still works for the owners. And the owners need that buck. And guess what? One of the hottest commodities in all of sports says he's ready to go after seven days. So that must mean he's ready to go. So while we're sitting here lambasting T. Morant and John Morant and all the people that are around John Morant, throw the NBA in that fucking bucket as, as, as far as I'm concerned as well. Now y'all don't have to speak on that. I don't it's not necessary. We can move on. But man, I that shit has been burning me up for about a week now. Because to look at a young man and know what kind of peril he's been putting himself through and in and the positions that he put himself in, and to say, oh well, he talked to somebody for six days, got, you know, the Reiki techniques down and he's ready to roll. Come on, bro. Come on, man. <laughs> Who you fooling? And on top of it. How could you ever, ever say that you care about mental health ever again as an organization after this? You've had Kevin Love and DeMar DeRozan show bear their souls in the last few years, show the most vulnerability in a, in a, in a very scary world. These dudes make millions of dollars, but please believe one chink in the armor, one little crack, one little incident, they are fricasseed in terms of ego and in terms of, 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 you know, machismo and all the other shit that, that is of value in a lot of these locker rooms and a lot of these spaces. And those two dudes, amongst others, came out and have come out and said, hey, man, we go through shit. It's a pressure cooker. You know, not just my body, but my mind gets put through hell. I got to worry about my mama. I got to worry about my daddy. I got to worry about my family. I got to worry about tickets. I got to worry about this. I got to worry about that. I got to worry. And and then let's not even get into the fact that there's a bunch of dudes out here getting extorted. There's places that these cats can't go. Like there's shit going on in these dudes' lives. So for y'all to be the organization that can't wait to do the NBA cares and and talk about mental health. And anytime a player steps out and says, hey, man, you know, this is what I was feeling. Oh, yeah, let's let's promote that. Let's push that. Let's talk about it in game on the national game. 
But then to see this situation transpire where a young man is sabotaging himself every chance he gets via social media, telling you, crying out loud, telling you, and you sit back and say, nah, he good because he's John Morant and people going to watch and we need the stars in the playoffs. Yeah, I know that the illegality of the situation doesn't, you know, doesn't command for a season-long suspension, but man, you've done it to people for less. <laughs> you, you have put people on the shelf for less and not called it suspensions. If we really want to get into that. If we in this city, if we really want to get into that. So it, it was a little um disheartening. And it still is, you know. I mean, hell, I talked about it Thursday in my therapy session. Like, hey, uh, do you think if I came in here and was like, hey, uh, give me all you got in six days and, you know, <laughs> send me out of here with a clean bill of health. <laughs> My doctor laughed at me. <laughs> Dr. Wilson was like, yeah, that's some bullshit. <laughs> and we kept talking. <laughs> but she laughed at me. Like, what are we doing here? Jay. Like, I, I just don't get it, man. You, you know what it felt like? Do you remember that scene in Django with uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh, I like where this is going. I like where this where, is going. Uh, <laughs> they're going into Candyland, and they caught one of his fighters. And he was like, hey, man, yeah. I bought you expecting five fights. I need five fights. That's what it felt like once I announced, oh, Josh coming back. It was like, nah, we need, we need John Morant to be in these playoffs. I don't care if they win or lose, but we need that name on that marquee to end out this season and into that. That's what it felt like when, when I saw that. I'm like, yo. And I tweeted it out. I was like, the NBA does not yeah. care about John Morant. Oh, did yeah. you? Okay. So oh, no, I'm I was just on making that sure, way. you know, I'm not biting nah, style. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, nah, I, I tweeted it out as soon as Woj, I saw that Woj make that breaking announcement graphic. I quote tweeted, the NBA does not care about John Morant. For real. And then people were tweeting like, what are you talking about? I would say the NBA uh, care about more because they, they I'm like, took care I was of like, yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> what are they, what, they're trying to get him to play basketball because he, like you said, Jay, he is their, one of their hottest commodities right now. And it's just unfortunate that it was just that blatant. I think Frank, the NBA is getting more and more blatant. Like we used to rag on the NFL, you know, about all the BS that they do. The NBA is becoming more and more blatant if you're watching over the course of these last few years. Oh, well, who you think are NFL owners? Friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> They're not running around with dudes who own car dealerships. Yeah. <laughs> it's all the same people. It's all the yeah. same people. Yeah. 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 And that's why and, the, that's why I've always kind of laughed at the idea of there's well, there's one league that's a little regressive, but then we've got this progressive league over here. It's like I, I always have kind of laughed at that yeah, idea. Yeah, you dig deep the, enough. You're going to however you dress it up. Shit. Yeah. yeah, yeah, man. I just, I don't know. It just, it, it's, um, it's unfortunate because he's in the middle of it and he doesn't, you know, he's like, oh, I get to hoop now. Cool. I'm yeah. cool. And I, and, and this is the other thing too. I hope there are no incidents going forward. I hope he is all good. But man, you know, rolling up the finish line and telling people on Twitter that you got hollows for him and, you know, waving that baby gun in the fucking camera and doing all the goofy shit. Like, you know, he's been doing this since he was a kid, like a child. Like we go back and look at some of his captions and some of the things and you can blame it on the music. You can blame it on whatever you want to blame it on. But obviously there is something here. There is a series of events. And I just hope, you know, I'm not, everybody's already shit on the kid enough. Everybody. I don't say kid anymore. I apologize. Everybody, because I want to infantilize him. Everybody's shit on this man enough. 
And and I, there's nothing that I'm going to say that is going to make it any more grand or hammer that point home. We already know he fucked up. But man, at some point, the, the, the true adults in the room have to step up. And those are the owners. Those are the commissioner and the commissioner's group. The, that's the rest of the league. Those are the marketing partners because I'm sorry. There is always somebody on your team that has to present you a worst case scenario or else you got a fucked up team, period. Whether it be in your circle, in your relationship, in your life, in your you know spiritual life, there's always, and you could call that person a hater all you want. There's always got to be a person like, yo, what's the other side of this coin? Like, I know how great things can get, but that's fool's gold building off of that. What's the worst part? Because if John Morant has a mental incident or breakdown or whatever the case may be or has, has, has trouble dealing with stress again in the playoffs, you're going to look like fucking fools. And you didn't have to. So, you know, I'll be watching because I want to make, you know, I want to I want to watch the show. I love basketball. I love the theater of it. I mean, the soap opera of the game is part of the uh the actual intrigue these days. It's the reason why basketball now is is, you know, vying for the headlines during the summer because of the soap opera of it. But this is the dirty part of the soap opera that we also have to watch as well. And uh I, I wish the best for the young man. I truly do because um I uh I, I hope that he is either going to be equipped will be equipped or has begun to be equipped uh, with the tools that he needs to, to kind of steer this ship the right way. Because, you know, you're talking about $30 million that he might lose this year because of an Instagram live post. And not just because of that, but because of the behaviors that led up to an Instagram live post 39. I don't give a shit how rich you are. You can't make any money back that you've lost. So if you get 39 million back, then God damn it, you should have 78 on you. You know, like that's how I see it. So hopefully the NBA figures this out. Hopefully there are no more incidents this year or for the rest of his life with John Morant. But if, if by chance it does occur, the NBA is going to have egg on its face. What up, world? It's Vic Spencer. And you're listening to The Full Goal with Jason Goff presented by The Ringer, a Spotify original. All right, as we get you up out of here, Jalen Brown has found the racist segment of Boston Celtics fans. <laughs> I, don't, I can't believe it, it took him this long. It took him, <laughs> took him seven years. Yeah. And you know me and all of my Bulls glory sitting there looking at it like the Dave Chappelle gif, like, come on. Come on. Come, come, come on. on. Come on. Huh? Doesn't Jason Tatum want to deal with a, you know, a, a mid-range maestro who can, you know, shut games down at the end like DeMar DeRozan? Huh? That like, are we, are we who wouldn't do the deal? Huh? Who, who's, who, I, I am hoping. I, I am, and this is all for fun and jokes, by the way, right here. But I, boy, I will send hate mail to Jalen Brown if, if it has to do, I, I can I can I can go and cut letters out of the newspaper. I can be as weird as he wants me to be. I, I will help negotiate this thing. I was just talking about mental health last segment, by the way. But I will help. I will I will, I will help propel this thing to where the Bulls and Bulls fans can see Jalen Brown and Zach Levine running up and down alongside Kobe White and Patrick Williams and whoever their center is going to be next year if it's not Vooch. Like. Um, 
Um, oh, shoot. Just take, take Robert Williams with him. Maybe maybe Horford comes along, you know? Oh, you get, hey, listen. Just swap, yeah. Let's just swap rosters. You know? I'm not going to turn anything down with my collar at this moment. You know, <laughs> Rob Schaefer being the longstanding Celtics fan back in the day as a kid. Now as a, you know, a veteran scribe. He's had to cast aside all of his loves and wants in terms yeah, of his NBA I've been, life. I've been, I've been, you got I've been back in the bag? I've been watching him lately. Oh, um, so you watched that shit the other night then too, huh? You watch, you watch Grant yeah, which, Williams. Yeah, which, you watch Grant which Williams time? go Carlton Banks on us, huh? <laughs> you watch, you watch Grant you know Williams what? say it's my turn. <laughs> you know what, Jason? I'm not in front of a microphone uh, as often anymore as I used to be, and I don't think, I don't think I need to go on Grant Williams <laughs> in front of a microphone. I don't. I don't. I don't think that's good for anybody. Um, but yeah, I watched that. I watched uh, the fight in Lowry Marketing. Shit, not even the fighting Larry Markkinen's the fighting Chris Dunn's too. He's he's getting run yeah. with that Utah team. Yes, he is. So, yes. Uh, hey, is Lowry going to be second team All NBA this year? I'd have to, I'd have to line it up. I mean, he started the All Star game. Like I know he was Larry Markkinen about to be second team All NBA this year, fellas. Is it happening? Yes. Because if second, it happens. So who are the wait wait wait? So who are the forwards? So is Durant right, is he going to be? Let's do this. He, let's do this. Is, is he going to hit the games played minimum allotment that he needs to hit? Uh, That's a fair question. I don't know. But so if you look at the forward spots, right? LeBron probably won't. Nope. Davis probably won't. Uh. All right. So you got Tatum and Giannis are first team forwards, yep. right? Mm-hmm. Who's in the mix for that second team? Uh, Sabonis is Sabonis is a five. Oh, Kawhi PG not available. Oh my in. God, Jason. Oh man. Hey, wow, Zion, hey. Zion didn't play enough. Hey, Rand, I mean, like I'm thinking of the names in the mix here. It's it's like it's Randall. First team is is what Jokic, Giannis, Dame, Tatum, Luca, Tatum. Right. Well, I think it's whichever. Yeah, it's whichever center you want. And I might lead Embiid. I might lead Embiid okay. at this point because so I'm leading Embiid for MVP. You're welcome, okay. Tony. Oh, um, nice. so second team is Jokic. Who did we have on first team again? Forwards. Tatum, Giannis. Who are the guards? Tatum, Giannis, Lillard, uh, Doncic, Luca. So second team then. Man, I'm really going off the top of my head. Shay Gilgis Alexander. Shay, yeah, Shay's got to be there. Steph's uh, up there. Man, you gotta, you gotta look at. Fox. Are you thinking? Are you thinking James Harden? Are you thinking? You gotta look at Harden. You, shit, you might have to look at Brunson at some point. Nah, in the nah, mix, Brunson he's in the get, mix because Brunson can't get it to me. Brunson can't be put ahead of Harden or Donovan, right? Yeah, so, you're right. Yeah, you're probably right about that. Right. So when you, then, you can bring up, then, you can bring up Hal Burton at some point, Jason. Nah, I mean I love. He's out of the playoffs. Just be. Yeah, I, nah, he's amazing. He's he, dude. He's the dude I want. He's the dude I want. He'll be. be there. Right, but yeah, man. Like if we're really talking about it, you know, Embiid or Nikola, like you mentioned, yeah. Shea Gilgis Alexander, Donovan Mitchell, and then you start to get Talk. into that Demonis Sabonis, Anthony Davis, you know, Lowry Marketing Terry. Lowry Markin is going to be an all NBA second teamer this year. He deserves it. I'm glad you prepared us for this because I, I, I like again, I was I was never gonna reject it and be like, oh, that's how could you possibly say that? But when you list the names out, like 
Bulls fans, be just be ready for that to happen. Mm-hmm. I don't think I think the prevailing sentiment in the Bulls fan base is the correct one that we're all happy for Lowry and it wasn't going to happen here and it ended the way it ended. And oh yeah, I'm very happy for him. But uh, they also helped. That stinks. Like, it that does. Stinks. It does. Like again, <laughs> oh, like we could agree that with 2020 vision, it wasn't going to happen here. But I feel comfortable saying they didn't help. Yep. <laughs> no, no, the no, they, group no. Yep. did not help no. the situation. No, and the they old were, one they were help. definitely they were definitely <laughs> like part. Of them did. They were definitely did. part of his uh, his regression, if yep. if uh, if we can call it that. The full goal with Jason Golf. All right, so Jalen Brown is going to be a bull. Larry Markkinen is going to be second team All NBA. Uh, the NBA doesn't give a shit about kids' mental health. Uh, yeah. Sounds like a feel feel good basketball pod to me. <laughs> Rob, tell the people college, college can find basketball. <laughs> college basketball suck. I, I I do not envy your email inbox tomorrow, Jason. You're gonna. Nah, it's all good. It's all I good. wonder. All, I wonder who all, you pissed off with uh, all with all deleted. that. They all get deleted immediately. <laughs> Everybody's gets deleted. If you emailing me, you you doing the wrong thing out here. All right, Rob, tell everybody where they can see your stuff, reach you, the Twitter feed, all that good stuff, my brother. Yeah, at Rob underscore Shafe is the Twitter feed, Bulls.com, The Athletic for a few more weeks, doing some college basketball stuff. That's been fun. Uh, yeah, and, uh, and you know, if you're a Bulls fan on Twitter, I'm doing – Obviously, I'm not at games in practice anymore like I used to be. I got some other stuff going on uh, on a week-to-week basis that makes it difficult. But I am going back the next morning pretty much after every Bulls game and and threading stuff, threading observations, stats, film, uh, breaking down games for the remainder of the season because wherever it goes, I still find this team interesting. And, Tony, we were texting the other night, maybe – some nights it's legitimately fun. Some nights it's the car wreck you can't look away from. But I still think there's compelling things going on with this team that I'm I'm enjoying watching it and breaking it down and you know getting in the weeds on it like like I always have. Um, so yeah, that's where to find it if you want to come along yeah. for that ride. There it is. He is the very one and only Rob Schaefer. Make sure y'all get in tune. He is uh, one of the basketball minds that I appreciate most in this industry. So make sure you are consuming all of his stuff and all the places that you can find him. Rob, we appreciate you. We're going to close this thing on out. I feel very, very uh, excited and happy. Put your UConn shirt down. Okay? <laughs> get your get your Danielle Marshall dreams out of my pod, man. And knock it the fuck off, all right? Shout, out, was, to Dan- I, shout out to Danielle, I, dude, by the way. So I, I made a rare appearance at Bulls practice a few days ago because I – I want to see people and I had to talk to Billy and, and yeah, Pat yeah, Beverly yeah. for something I was working on. Uh, and Casey was there. So we, you know, it was, it was like old times and uh, we were running through like the, the college, like building the best NBA team from each college or whatever. And oh. he was, I, I kind of, he, he said, Danielle Marshall within like the first two or three names oh. out of UConn. And I kind of, I, I'm, I'm a Danielle Marshall respecter, but I kind of gave him a little. I was like, I had a few no, other no, names no. I was going to get to first, and he was livid. I mean, no, he was no. he was fired up. Danielle was a bad motherfucker, man. Like Danielle was cold. Like you talk about stretch fours before stretch fours, really in college. Like Danielle was out there doing the damn thing. So much so that Donnie Marshall played on the same team, and I was like, you know, no, no, the good one, the good one is the one that I'm talking about. <laughs> 
Yeah, shout out to Danielle Marshall. When he came here to Chicago, that's when your boy was running the streets, too. Me and Danielle ran into each other uh, a couple of times in, in the city. So, uh, good dude, as always. And, uh, you know, had himself a nice NBA career. But you talk about college basketball elite. Danielle Marshall was definitely that dude. UConn, man, like, I loved watching Big East tournaments back in the day as a kid. I couldn't wait to get home and watch, you know, Georgetown play UConn. The Georgetown-UConn game, the uh, the Iverson versus Ray Allen game is still – I don't even I, – I hate going back watching old games because it's like you know what happened just get me right to the moment that's one of those games where i'm like sign me up ray allen doing the mid-air double clutch at the free throw line to win the game and i was like oh yeah that's (laughs) that's different and meanwhile you got the number one pick on the court it was going crazy right like those are the days where the big east was just nasty just absolutely nasty it's on its way back man I mean, no, it is. no, it is. We'll see what Georgetown no, does with this no, uh, higher no, patinos floating around out there, but no, it isn't. Uh, it's not. What? What do you mean? It's on its way back? Is Creighton Big in East. the Big East? Is Creighton in the Big East? Don't make me. Do- now you're gonna make just, me defend. Now you're gonna make just, me defend just, teams just, and people that I, I don't like. Tony, I just like to ask questions and see, you know, what I can get out of people. I asked this man one question and he reverted to, "Now you gonna make me?" He couldn't even say yes to the the, the simple answer to the yes. question was yes. I thought. Thank I thought. You. Okay. I thought you were slandering. I thought you were slandering. Yes. No, Creighton's no, in the I was, Big East. I was. I was. Oh, I was you gonna were. Continue okay. to slander. Yeah, yeah. 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 I was gonna have you say yes, and then I was gonna say no Big East that I knew <laughs> is ever gonna be. Um, it's never going to get get back to when Creighton is a part of the situation. I'm sorry. I just can't. The fighting McDermott's ain't really what it's about for me. So, shout out Funny to enough, our, our, Going back to our National Player of the Year conversation, Doug McDermott, 2014. He was on that list. Just He's saying, on that list. I'm not going to front, though. I'm not going to front. I, y'all want me to tell y'all what, what I called Doug McDermott coming out of college, what I thought he was going to be. This is why y'all shouldn't listen to me about shit. Cause that's why Tyrese Halliburton is my, you know, is my gold standard. Pump that one up. Yeah. Pump that one up. I called Doug McDermott. uh, I might've called him the, uh, the white Paul Pierce coming out of school. Stop it. All right. All right. Okay. Stop it. I think we can end it there. All right. Time to go, Tony. Yeah. 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 It's time. Yeah. My bad. Yo, lose, lose my number. Nice try. God damn. God damn. Man, it made me lose his number just now. All right. It's time for Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> it's time for us to get up out of here. We want to say thank you to everybody for hanging out with us. Uh, thank you to our fabulous production staff, the shadowy figure that is known as Steve Cerruti, uh, the active Jesse Lopez, and my main man, Sunday Tony Gill, out here shining. Just shining. The man has a glow about him. I just can't put my finger on it. Boy, I can't put my finger on it. And of course, Rob Schaefer. Our illustrious guest. The man is magnificent in every way. Make sure you're checking out all of his content. Make sure you're tapping in with us on the Full Go voicemail line as well. It's always open for you. I'm sure this one will have uh, some responses. So, 773-359-3103 to all you college basketball fans out there. 773-359-3103 to all you people who think Zach Levine is an elite on-ball defender. And also, 773-359-3103 to all the people that think that the Big East is going to be back with the likes of Creighton 
and all the other Atlantic 10 teams that have made their way into the Big East Conference. So, so for Steve and for Tony and for Jesse and my man Rob Schaefer, I'm Jason Goff saying thank you so much for downloading this thing. Thank you for subscribing to this thing. Thank you for rating and reviewing it, giving it the five stars that you know it needs. If not, we're going to see you in the street. Thanks for sharing it with your family and friends. Continue to do so. We will catch you on Tuesday. But until then, we leave you with this as always. Take care of each other and be safe.